Bites and Bites Podcast is the perfect wrestling podcast. Tights and Bites Podcast. Tights and Bites. I can't wait to be at home with my podcast tonight. Hi, hello, welcome to Tights and Fights, the show that discusses wrestling with the sincerity and hilarity that it deserves. I'm last survivor of the Hart family, Danjin. Okay, I am not Hal, you cannot make me read these cold. <laughs> Danielle Radford, and I'm joined today by my fellow member of the Nation of Conversation, Julian Barella Monsoon. Uh, hey, hello. We haven't had you actually uh, on the pod for like a minute now. Yeah, it's been a little quiet, but boy, oh boy, when the chips are down. And we don't. We really don't have options. <laughs> we ever make the call and say, "Get your ass on the microphone." That's right. We put a microphone in front of Julian, and he can't stop us. <laughs> so yeah, Lindsay is in the UK right now as we speak on a book tour. So make sure that you go out and see her and support her. And I believe Hal is doing very important Hal things today as well. So that's he's always doing a bajillion other he's things. Always isn't he? doing eighty million things. Yeah. So Julian. What made you happy this week? You know, Danielle, let me uh, answer your question with a question of my own. Uh huh. Are you feeling particularly oozy today? Uh, I am feel. I am actually not at my oosiest. I could be oozier. <laughs> I could. Be you know, that's. I think we can all strive to be as oozy as we can be. And it's like I look at myself in the mirror every day and say, "Am I feeling oozy today?" Yeah. Look, what Jay just said was super, super messed up. But he did. He didn't mean that. He didn't mean right. You didn't mean that. He didn't mean that, Roman, seriously. He did not mean that, okay? Look, Jay's been going through a lot. He's gone through a lot. He's just not himself right now. That's it, okay? He's just not, lately he just hasn't been very oozy. I saw something on Reddit and I didn't bother to Google it to look it up. I was just like, oh, it's on the internet. It's got to be true. But someone said that like <laughs> in a language, uh, I believe a Polynesian language, Usi actually means like pussy. Yeah. Yeah. I saw that too. Uh, I don't know if it's true, but it's pretty funny and seems pretty harmless. So I'm going to choose to believe that it is I, true. I choose to believe it's true. And I can't wait to see people the next time uh, crack up while they are chanting it. It's so good. I just can't. I can't believe they've gotten it so over at this point. It's so over. And so they're getting ready um, for the show that we don't cover. But I did see right. um, a clip of, uh, I guess, people there at the press conference were chanting for Sammy. And it's like, oh, well, that's not. Hey, you're not going there. Sorry, guys. <laughs> he's not going. Sorry. You're not going to see Sammy. Yeah. But I like that they came up with the story that he has taken Jay out for an, a weekend on the town to like recapture his oosiness. <laughs> I hope, I, God, I really hope that someone tapes that. I really hope that someone does. Oh God, that they, like, so at, at least like a TikTok or two, just like throw something up on like the socials for me. Yeah. Take him to a Cracker Barrel. That's apparently the Usos love Cracker Barrel. And that's oh, where it's uh, Waffle House. Waffle oh, House. Waffle House is their thing. Uh, yeah, okay. uh, Cracker Barrel is the elite. The elite that's loves what Cracker it is. Barrel. Yeah, okay. So they hopefully, I feel like there's a few places in the South where they're like across the road from each other. And they can oh, just, yeah. you know, like... <laughs> Sharks versus the Jets. Yeah, they can hold up Love Actually signs or something whenever they want to talk to each other. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just watching him slowly break every member of the Usos is truly, truly one of the greatest joys in my current wrestling life. It's so uh, good. It was so good. There was the Halloween edition of Raw. What'd you think? Anything on there that you were super into? 
I mean, I, I, gosh, I, I liked a lot of it. I actually thought Theory and and Seth Rollins put on a really, really fun match. I liked Roman's promo. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I thought the biggest thing, the whole uh, Alexa Bliss and Asuka winning the, uh, the, the tag titles yeah. was interesting. I'm not quite up in arms about it the way some people have been, but I'm not a huge fan of it. I, I don't know. I, I'm not angry about it. It's yeah. just that, like, they don't make sense as a tag team for me. Yeah, a long-term tag, like a championship-winning tag team. Yeah, they're, more they, like they're a, very like, clearly yeah. just two people that were thrown together to, like, mm-hmm. I, I hope that they get to the point where they start, like, wrestling like a team and, like, mm-hmm. start really getting into that good tag shit. But they just seem like they're just two solo wrestlers who were put together. They don't really fit together. Also, Emma. Emma came back. Yeah, I was happy about that. I'm happy I'm really for happy her. about it. Yeah. But- like, this is truly, like, filling out the division beyond just, like, making sure the title scene is interesting. Like, I think Emma's a really great, like, depth piece who can work her way up and they can heat up if they need to. And it feels like she's never gotten a chance to not be successful. You know, it just felt like they mm-hmm. sort of just gave up and just were, like, throwing her away when when those cuts started happening. But it's also, like, that the Instagram thing was just clearly them trying to repackage what they were already <laughs> doing with Eva fucking Marie. Felt very Vince-ish. Yeah, oh. and it didn't, and no one liked it, and it didn't get over, but she tried her hardest. I'm really interested to see what she does now, because it can't just be, I'm here and I'm a badass, because <laughs> that's, <laughs> like, half the ladies' roster at this yeah. point. <laughs> so, and one thing I'm I really hope that they're careful about this whole Ronda Rousey is going to be issuing open challenges thing because Ronda is not the type of person who can have a good match on any given day with anyone. No, 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 no. She needs a ring general. The match with Emma was fine. I didn't think it was terrible or anything. I I thought it had some good moments and I thought Emma got her shit in and... I am glad that Emma is here and Emma to me is one of those people who should be Make, maybe making her name for herself in the tag scene somehow pairing up with someone i don't know like she's i'm interested to see what the direction is going right forward because i don't i don't want to just be one of those things where like she you know her and ronda because like after like where does she go after ronda i don't know it'll be mm-hmm. really interesting nikki cross came back up against well not came back but you know what i mean yeah, like Nikki Cross came back. Nikki Ash yeah, Nikki has Ash been is there gone. forever. Yeah, uh, against Bianca Belair, which was great. Great um, match. So, and good. I like how Nikki's like a force of nature. Not necessarily she's not necessarily she's aligned to herself. She's not like just I'm gonna attack the bad guys because I'm a good guy, or I'm gonna attack the bad. Right. I'm a good guys. I'm I'm a mad, angry person. You know, I think that she's just like I'm focused on. On causing damage and causing chaos. Yes, and, that's I, I I much preferred chaos agent Nikki Cross, mm-hmm. and they lost that when she came over on the main roster, yeah. and then they did the the almost a superhero, and that was like I know that's her idea, but it didn't hit for me. Yeah, it got her a title reign, so at yeah. least she'll it can't can't take that away from her. Yeah. Um, unless you're Charlotte. Yeah. <laughs> um, Johnny Gargano was amazing as always. My theory is somewhere along the way. The Miz must have stopped paying Dexter. At some point, Miz lost control of the situation, and now Dexter is coming after him until he gets what he's owed. This is a shocking development, Mr. Gargano. Thank you for your time. You're welcome.
there were a lot of people who get very angry about this. And I'm just like, I don't, I think that people have this weird image in their head of who Johnny Gargano is. Right. And they think that Johnny is a typical work rate. Like I can have a, I'm going to five-star match it every time. And he is like, I know he's great at that stuff. Yeah. He does great matches. Like, you know, we saw that, but Johnny also is very clearly, and he has said before, he likes pushing wrestling in new directions. Like he made a yes. sitcom family into a wrestling yes. faction. He likes doing off the wall, weird shit. Yeah. He's goofy. And that's why I, I felt like, you know, before he came back, I thought WWE was going to be great for him. So he could do this weird, like, I'm going to do an investigation piece about yes. this feud. It's creative and I don't expect it to always hit because it's a big swing, but it's like, it's, it's different. It's fun. And it's like, it's an experiment and he's going to like really put his foot in it. Yeah. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. My only thing is I get irritated when something doesn't work and then they keep doing it. It's yeah. Like, and no, double it down, triple down. Yeah. Like, and it's like, no, but you know, trying something new, I, I want to, I want all of wrestling to be able to like take risks, you know. Mm-hmm. Spray Wyatt thing is super interesting. <laughs> the biggest risk taker, if we yeah. will. Yeah, exactly. I think that they probably heard all that criticism of Bray is is like his characters very rarely elevate other people, especially the fiend. I think had a hard time elevating other people. Yes, and you kind of get seem, caught up in the Bray averse, right? You know? And it's hard to break out of that once you're there. It's just you're stuck for it for a while. Mm-hmm. And I think that this might be their way of like everybody loves Bray. Let's see if we can reestablish him without sacrificing someone else, right? And we can just have him internally dealing with his own shit. Yeah, which is. Which is an interesting swing. I think that like so far I'm I'm intrigued and I'm wondering how they pay it off. Yeah, because eventually I'm going to need to see some wrestling. Yeah, and he can't be fighting like a shadowy version of himself or, or maybe yeah. he could. They, could. they could take out the sets again and just have him go fight to go theatrical. Yeah. yeah, they probably could. That, that might be what it turns into at this point. Yeah, and then Brock and Bobby Lashley. I wish I was going to see that match. But, BL uh, versus BL, yeah. Uh, but <laughs> I'm not. So. But I think. They do look good. I'm happy for Bobby. He's clearly wanted this match forever. I and am so glad that he is getting some shine on him. You know, I know that they had their match at the Royal Rumble, but this mm-hmm. one feels like it's not, doesn't have the the difficulty of having Roman versus Brock in the background. Yes. Of like, that's clearly what it's leading to. And this is just a speed bump on the way to that. Yes. Yes. They'll probably have a lot of fun with it. And I, I would be shocked if this match at... You know, Blood Money Jewel is the last one. I bet that they're going to do it again at some point. So yeah. I'll, I'll watch that one. It'll be fun. Yeah, that'll be a good one. I'm sure I'll see clips of it on my timeline tomorrow. Whatever. <laughs> now in petty news. <laughs> Cole Cabana uh, came in and wrestled on AEW. He wrestled against Chris Jericho in a move that can only be seen as spiteful, especially since now. 100%. As of this morning. There are reports coming out that he will not be back on AEW anytime soon. Yeah. So then After, what was the point of doing that? I feel like the point of it, you, you mean, what was the point of having him on in the first, uh, if, if it's not that it was petty, then mm-hmm. that's, yeah. that's the only reason why it leads everybody to believe that. Because if so, right. then why is he not going to be back on TV? I think it's interesting because if it's Tony's call, the only implication that you can take from that is... Like we got like the person who was keeping him away from yep. television is gone. Yep. And now we're bringing the bringing the guy everybody loves back. And I'm happy for Colt. I was really happy for him. I love seeing everybody give him a standing O when he came out. Yes. I liked him coming out to his own music. He's not part of the Dark Order anymore. Clearly mm-hmm. he's doing Colt Cabana stuff again. Uh, I just 
like, is the larger implication here? Phil's gone. We can bring back, we can do things that you guys enjoyed again. Yeah, no, that's exactly what it feels like. And it feels like it's definitely a shot across the bow. I mean, whatever, man. I'm happy to have Cole Cabana on my TV in any way that I can get him. I just kind of wish that he would uh, be on there more and not just used as like a chess piece, but actually like something that would further his own career. For Colt, I hope that he continues. He he wants an action figure. We know he wants an action figure. So, so, I mean, I hope that he, as long as Colt can keep getting stuff out of them, if he is going to be in service of this stupid little feud between CM Punk and AEW, maybe, maybe that's only good for Colt, right? Long term, yeah. This stuff. Yeah, I just, I just want to make sure that he is still going to be fine after all of this is blown over yeah. and we've all forgotten yeah. about it. So it sounds like the elite are, are coming back soon. I like this the visual campaign of yes. them. Like, I think yes. that's kind of cute. I liked if you looked in the corner, somebody zoomed in to the Final Cut files that were or yeah. what the project name was, and it was "Get the E Out," which I thought was really clever. That's very funny. <laughs> yeah, that's very. Funny. And uh, all of this feels like they're doing a little bit of a like, look, investigation's over. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Trying to, we, we, you know what happened. We're not going to talk about it, but we can still be cheeky about it. Yeah. And even like now, I'm noticing a lot of people are coming forward with the stories now of like, yeah. I saw Matt Hardy the other day was like, from my perspective, they did nothing wrong from the beginning. They did this, that. And like, everybody's talking now. So. Uh, and then he had to clarify it because some people were like, wait, you were in the locker room? And he was like, no, I wasn't there. But it's just like, yeah. I've been following all of this for the months that led up to it and they did right. nothing wrong and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, Jeff Jarrett. That man is going to get a paycheck. He is going to stay fucking paid. How many people have been, can say that they were in WCW, WWE, Impact slash TNA, AEW. He was on some indie show this year. I think NWA. Yeah, he's been everywhere. He's been everywhere. And, you know, hey, he finessed his way out of it. Can't get too mad at that. I am... I mean, I guess as long as they keep him away from from having too much creative power, I think he'll be fine. Nope, because that's what he's there for. Um, <laughs> so, sorry, us. But if you've got any thoughts on This Week in Wrestling, you can let us know about them in our Facebook group, and you can hear more about what we thought about wrestling on our Twitter pages. When we come back, John Bradshaw Layfield and his pants over the years. That's up next on Tights and Fights. So many pants. So many pants. I'm Lisa Hannawalt. And I'm Emily Heller. Wow, Emily, we've been doing this podcast for 10 years. I know, but hey, don't worry. You can jump in at literally any episode and hear us talk about some of our favorite stuff. Caterpillars becoming butterflies. Martha Stewart flying around in a private jet full of trees. Yes, you heard me right. Trees. Neighbors becoming enemies. Just kidding. (laughs) Whatever messed up stuff we can find on Wikipedia. Our impeccable taste in everything from dogs to TV shows to bodily functions. And horses. Lots and lots of horses. Come for our horned up rants about the world. Stay for the catchy theme songs. You might not learn anything, but we're a good hang. Baby Geniuses. Every other week on MaximumFun.org. Baby Geniuses. Tell something we don't know. Welcome back to Tights and Fights. I'm Danielle Radford, and I'm joined today by Julian Burrell. Now it's time to give one corner of the wrestling world some extra attention. This is our main event. Let's get ready to oh. Anal bleeding. Whoa! Whoa. <laughs> Rhymes with shit. Holy shit! WWE I love Kate. On a hard fart victory. Live, pal. 
What? What? Beautiful. <laughs> Fucking beautiful. <laughs> I feel like I want to just go like bang, like just point my fingers like you, 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 just in the orchestra pit like that. It's amazing. It is. Uh, it is a job well done. <laughs> um, John Bradshaw Layfield is back in the WWE after an extended absence. Previously, he was a tag team champion, a Grand Slam champion, and a commentator with Michael Cole. And now he is Baron Corbin's new mouthpiece and manager. So, uh, were you at all familiar with his time at the Acolytes Protection Agency when he was just Bradshaw teaming with Farouk? Not even a little bit until I saw it in archival footage. Uh, I was like, I remember even to the point where I saw him with his black hair and his big, you know, big old yeah. mustache, like dark mustache. And I was like, who the hell is that? Oh, and I didn't funny. even know that his name was Bradshaw there. I thought the whole JBL thing was just, that, oh, yeah. you know, whatever. He's from Texas and that sounds like a Texas name. Um, but yeah, did not know anything about the APA. Yeah, so I... But you did. Yes, because I was like the, you know, uh, the ministry shit is when I came in. And so they were originally just like they were the enforcers kind of of the ministry. And then after the ministry broke up was when they became like the Acolyte Protection Agency, which was like Mm -hmm. a really fun gimmick. It was basically just them like doing vignettes of them beating up people in bars and shit like that. And great chemistry. Those two were awesome together. They are like in real life best friends. They seemed like a very much like the mercenaries of the locker room where yes. it was like wherever the money's right that's who we take out doesn't matter who it is doesn't matter why it is yeah. we will do what we have to do to get paid it was know? a great great gimmick that's a good idea listen the fact remains this is going to be the rock and apa taking on booker t hey, hey, rhino once again man i gotta tell you we're proud of you brother congratulations well, electrifying the rock is no back question the rock is back the people's champ is back now the rock realized that you guys are used to beating people up for money but yeah. tonight yeah. live on the Rock Show, live on SmackDown. It's going to be the Rock and APA landing a SmackDown on their candy asses. Just I love it. Let's do this. Get it right. Are you in? No question. The Rock is in. Yeah. Unlimited credit. <laughs> Unlimited credit. credit. Just, just, just through the roof. Through down. the roof. And then, yeah, eventually he splits off from the APA and becomes the right wing Stark Market mogul as a single star. Now, see, I missed most of this. When I came back to wrestling, I, I was like, that's fucking Bradshaw. Yeah, and I, this is what I saw. And honestly, from everything I've heard, this is not far off from who he is in real life. Just this, yeah, like big loudmouth bully who's just like huh. just yelling at people. And it was, it, it's honestly one of those gimmicks that I look at now, and I think this is too real, and they will never do this again because well, this too many people have this gimmick on, on the news now. Like, well, know? I, I do. It does definitely feel like it was like a little like poke and a nod at George W. Bush for sure. A little bit it had to be, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. It, and the like, I mean, to the point where like it's just really uncomfortable promos that were effective at getting him heat, but he would like do stuff like appear at the border and like yeah, do vignettes where he was gross. kicking people to get across like hey you tell him that JBL is is watching over this side of the border and stuff you go back to Mexico and you tell your Mexican friends you tell your Mexican family that they better stay in Mexico you tell everybody south of the border they better stay south of the border because this side of the border John Bradshaw Layfield will be waiting <laughs> I think that there was a time where he was in Germany and actually goose-stepped while he was there. Oh, as It's like a lot, like just a lot of very like clearly pushing buttons, clearly like put, taking things way farther than he probably should have. Yeah. And I mean, but like, you know, at the time, I'm sure they were like, yeah, be a bigot. That's get, that gets heat. Why not? You know? Yeah, for sure. Oh, 
gross. You know, he had like his big wins. He won uh, against Eddie Guerrero, helped build up John Cena. He feuded with Rey Mysterio. And then he gets moved over to commentary. Yeah. Oh, but we should also, you know, we should talk about that WWE title. He was champion for a long time. I think for almost a year. I missed most uh, of that. Yeah. Yeah. That's not- I do remember seeing that. And he was like, yeah, I think he was probably... Though, you know, there's a joke that went around that he, like, I think Paul Heyman said it at like one night stand where he said the only reason that JBL was the champion for a year was because Triple H didn't want to work Tuesdays. Oh, I saw that. Yeah, that was at ECW. Yeah, yeah, Right. And he just, and, and you can kind of like, I think a lot of people, it was very much like, um, think about how like the, when the Miz was champion, there were a whole bunch of people that were very much against, like, I don't want this guy being that guy. But I will say what my first like memory of when I took my, like I took a break from wrestling when I was like a really little kid to when I was like in middle school, Mm -hmm. I remember JBL building up John's being the guy who wanted to get John Cena on the map. Like John Cena's first year as champion, you go back and look, it's just him running through veterans who could carry him through really good matches and JBL was that guy who I think they, they t- intended John Cena to be like, oh, finally, like our breath of fresh air as he takes out the worst of the worst among us. So. Right. And, you know, John Cena was the the closest they were going to get to putting a black man in that position. So. <laughs> They're like, he likes rap music. He likes uh, rap music. Rippity rip, hip, hip, hoppy hop. <laughs> but yeah, so what did you think about him when he was on commentary? He is not my favorite. I'm, I'm not, uh, I've never been a, a fan of him on commentary, even a little. I mean, we got the memes. We got got the the maggle. We got the maggle, right? It's like, again, it's like the the art of being a heel and a heel in general is hard. Yes. And then being a heel when you're on commentary, I feel like it's extra hard, right? You have like a guy who's, you you know, it's your job to push buttons. It's your job to sympathize with with the bad guys in the ring. And it's your job to kind of be a little bit annoying, but it's also like, at what point are you taking away from what's happening yes. in the ring, yep. right? Mm-hmm. It's like, at what point are you becoming too much? And sometimes if you're not careful, it can be a thing that takes away from the show and it becomes annoying to watch, right? Yeah, because you you are making it about you when mm-hmm. you're, it's supposed to be about enhancing what's happening in the ring at that moment. And that is my concern with his current role, aside from his big old pants that he is wearing. <laughs> ah, those are big ass pants. Yeah, so I don't I don't know that Corbin needs this. Like you guys said last week, it's Baron Corbin is not somebody who struggles on the mic. Um he there are certain things that he doesn't that he can get better at, but I've mm-hmm. always felt like he gets booze every time he touches the microphone. I feel like JBL is such a big presence, not just because of his clothes. Again, he's he makes a lot of it about himself. He draws a lot of the spotlight yes. to him. And it's even when I see him do the thing where he's like you know, blah, blah, blah. I hate this place and this place sucks and this, that, and the other thing. And by the way, that's why this guy, Baron Corbin, is the new man at this, that, and the. I'm like, I'm more upset at you than I am at Baron. Yeah, and- yeah. He's drawing the heat to himself. And it's like, well, then what, when this ends, how does Baron get out of it? This is a star that would be a champion in any generation. So I want you to remember these words. I want you to write it down and I want you to etch it in stone. Today starts the Monday Night Raw emergence of the modern day wrestling God. I really hope this isn't long-term. I don't like it. And the other kind of cool thing about Baron is that Baron always understood 
like how to get heat by not necessarily being loud and boisterous. Like I like I feel like he got a lot of attention on him for when he was you know broke ass Baron Corbin, yeah, right? When he, yeah, that was great. He, and he wasn't talking that much during that. Like he would cut a promo and he would be very sad, but he was very quiet and mm-hmm. very like subdued and like. He would do do a lot with a physical comedy, you know, getting hit in the nuts with a with a tank and stuff. Yeah. And it's just like it feels like a swing for him. And the intention is to get him over. But I don't what else can we do with Baron in, in the long term? Is he going to have a match with with JBL and he needs to get out of this? Like, oh, I don't know. God, I don't want that either. Yeah, it's I can't I can't imagine a match at this point that I want to see less than JBL. Versus <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I kind of agree, actually. I don't that know. Sounds I'm sad. I'm just terrible. really scared because maybe you can have a maybe they can have a like a pants on a pole match or something. <laughs> I would love that. That would actually be good. Uh, have like a uh, have a bean can opening <laughs> off. <laughs> just like a 15 minutes, and then you have to eat it if you if you open it out of yeah. the pants. <laughs> Ugh. Uh, Tababal on Twitter said he's a good talker and a decent worker, but it's difficult not to hate him as a person. He's an entitled bully who has illegitimately hurt people simply because he's a drunk asshole. Damn. No, this is this <laughs> that is damn is coming largely from me. Correct, um, and not from Ron Simmons. <laughs> yeah, that, that damn is coming from me, uh, Daniel Rapper. Uh, continuing with what Tababal said, thinking about Joey Styles knocking him out in a shoot fight makes my day. Damn. <laughs> I mean, J- Joey Styles also a noted terrible person. Yeah, I mean, there are all those stories. I think JBL was the guy who kicked the Miz out of the locker room once. Oh wow! He also, I don't know if you remember who the Blue Meanie was. I do. Uh, yeah, the first uh, ECW one night stand. I think he actually was throwing live rounds at the Blue Meanie. Like if they, there's like a big like WWE versus ECW brawl in the mm-hmm. in the ring, and then when they everybody's calmed down and at their at their corners. Blue Meanie is like really busted up. Like he oh, looks damn. like he's he's like he's like bloody and he looks like he has a black eye that's developing. It looks it was pretty bad. JBL has that reputation and Well and then all the stuff with Morrow remember that's right yeah i forgot about that yeah oh damn i forgot all about that yeah where the rumors were that he that he bullied Morrow behind the scenes to like really hurt his feelings cuz he didn't know how how Morrow internalizes all that shit. Yeah, yeah, and uh, triggered a a bipolar episode. Classy, classy. Fucking guy. Yeah, bring him back. Let's have him fucking be a mouthpiece. No, nah. nah. Uh, Danielle, you have talked me out of any sort of optimism I had about JPL coming back. Sorry, never have me on this podcast when I have a migraine. (laughs) If you want to talk more about JPL with people who love wrestling like you do, join our Facebook group and follow us on Twitter. Links are down in the show notes. When we come back, we've got three things from wrestling to share with you. That's up next on Tights and Tights. Hi, I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. And I'm Jordan Morris, boy detective. Our comedy podcast, Jordan Jesse Go, just celebrated its 15th anniversary. It was a couple months ago, but we forgot. Uh, Yeah, completely. Our our silly show is 15 years old. That makes it old enough to get its learner's permit. And almost old enough to get the talk. Wow, I hope you got the talk before then. A lot of things have changed in 15 years. Our show's not one of them. We're never changing and you can't make us. Jordan, Jesse, go the same forever at MaximumFun.org or wherever you get your podcasts.
Welcome back to Tights and Fights. I'm Danielle Radford and I'm joined today by Julian Burrell. This week we're going to share some of the joy of wrestling with you. This is the three count. Watch my three count. Get well soon, Archie. Yeah, I was just about to say that. Uh, Julian, what would you like to put over? I am not a Taylor Swift fan, a Swifty, if you uh-huh. will. But like many, I have been uh, shanghaied into hearing this new album several times over mm-hmm. because my wife very much is. And I feel like anytime she releases anything, it dominates the conversation for a little while in, it's in true. the overall pop world. And I'm going to have to get used to that because I think she's going on tour really soon. Oh, and yeah. she's going to keep re-releasing her old albums mm-hmm. under her under her own name. So I feel like... Boy, oh boy, for next year, you're going to hear a lot about her. So yeah. with that said, it's always funny whenever the Venn diagrams of what I'm into and what my wife is into overlap. And there's an account on Twitter called Tiger Style Pro. It's a little bit too AEW fanboyish for my taste, but he did a really cool thing with applying the song Antihero to one Mr. CM Punk. And oh. these are the results of said collaboration. Who the fuck do you think you are? I can amazing. only hope that in 10 years, when I'm when I'm old and out of touch, there's going to be some young punk kids who's going to point at me and say, you're old and out of touch. It's the way it works. I, I, I dare you to fucking say that to Terry Funk's face. I don't need to listen to you, Mr. Funk. I know what I'm doing. Fucking grow up. It's me. Hi. I'm the problem. It's me. Nobody it's wants you here. They never wanted you here. Everybody agrees. I'll stand That's amazing. And it really is. CM Punk fans, I sympathize with you. Uh, I don't sympathize with Punk in the slightest, but I do sympathize with you a little bit. Uh, I Speaking of another funny thing, some account, and again, I didn't bother to verify if this was true. It was on the internet, so I assume it was, is claiming that, I guess, Jeff Jarrett revealed that like Taylor Swift used to babysit his kids or something, and like they're actually like, <laughs> their families are close, and there's like That'd pictures of her with like his kids. Like in their house, it's weird. If you want to get the Lindsay Kelk demographic back onto AEW, you will have Taylor Swift appear on that show at some point or another <laughs> to hang out. Maybe Jeff Jarrett does have an upside. We've had two questionable people come through wrestling with Jeff Jarrett and JBL. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I'll give AEW the win on this one <laughs> between yeah. the two of them. And as for me, I'm going to put over, Rhea Ripley is just so good at her fucking job. Um, she was at, I believe, a house show. She was on the ground near the barricade, having just been knocked out of the ring. And you watch her reach out under the barricade and untie a fan's shoes. I love that woman. And that's all I've got to say about it. I love how Judgment Day are like the little like emo brats that are at the, at the yes. back of class, just yes. like causing mischief for the rest of the teachers and corrupting the other youth. It's yeah, so it's great. pretty fucking amazing. <laughs> I love those kids so much. So that does it for this episode of Tights and Fights. I know it was a little shorter this week. Sorry about that. This week, your hosts were Julian Burrell along with me, Danielle Radford. Julian, you got anything to plug? A few things. Okay, uh, first off, I'll say the thing you can go to November 6th, which should be the day after you were listening to this. There's a new recordings of Go Fact Yourself that are happening, I believe, in Los Angeles. So you can go to gofactorpod.com if you want to go to that, see a podcast that should be for free. If not, it's going to be really, really cheap. Uh, the other thing, I don't know if anybody here has been on Twitter lately. If you're listening to this and it's been kind of bad, 
uh, really, really bad. And if you've noticed the Tights and Fights account being a little bit quieter than usual, it's generally because I'm trying to uh, moderate myself away from Twitter a little bit more mm. than I have been. So it's not anything you guys said. It's something that the billionaire who bought it is doing and that I'm noticing a definite culture shift over there. And I'm kind of like pulling back. And frankly, if you got if it was anybody but the Tights and Fights account, I would have left Twitter a long time ago. But I truly do enjoy watching wrestling with all of you. So I am, I don't think we're going to go radio silent or anything, but I am trying to pull back a little bit more. Yeah, I have been too. And maybe just do live commentary whenever it comes up. So yeah, I mean, it's like I said, I love talking about wrestling with you guys on there. I'm just, I'm not really sure how much time I really want to be spending on that website right now. That's fair. That is fair. Mm -hmm. But still go follow it. I, I promise I'll be, I promise I love talking to you guys. So if you reach out, I will respond. Sweet. So, Not taking away your sass, guys. We're just, uh, <laughs> we're just saving our mentals. Mm-hmm. As for me, I believe I've got a new episode of I'm Actually coming up. So go check Ooh. that out. Our producer is the great pumpkin, Julian Burrell. Um, senior producer at Maximum Fun is Laura Swisher. Mike Eagle is the voice behind our theme music. So we're putting him over for that. Gross. <laughs> Thank you to all of the Max Fun Gotta members that, that kept migraine the sh- out. Ah, disgusting. Thank you to all of the Max Fun members that keep the show going. Keep up with us all week long on all of our social media channels in the show notes. That's also where you can find the official Tights and Fights t-shirt. We'll be back next week for more, you guessed it, wrestling. Tights and Fights Podcast. Tights and MaximumFun.org Comedy and culture Artist owned Audience supported